1: Welcome to the First Cut Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman and round four at the Wells Fargo Championship in the books. Max Homa adds another victory to the resume. Joining me to break it all down, Greg Ducharme is here. Greg, it has been an unbelievable sporting weekend. Uh, It's not quite over yet, but Max Homa wins here in Maryland.
2: That part is over, and it was really Absolutely. fun to watch. I really enjoyed this golf course. Uh, I, I enjoyed this tournament. It was, you know, I, I mean, yesterday was a little bit of a slog, but it was uh, quite quite interesting. I, I really liked watching this golf course.
1: Kyle Porter is here. KP, we got the Max Max double, Homa Verstappen. We got the Friend of the Pod double. Max Homa wins on the PGA Tour. Brent Grant wins on the Corn Ferry Tour. It, it, it's been, we had an eighty to one shot win the Kentucky Derby. This is like my favorite sporting weekend ever.
3: I was gonna say we need to get the pony on the pod next.
1: <laughs> reach so, out, to, reach out to his people.
3: Did you see that horse trying to trying to attack the other horse?
1: I that was the most outrageous. Like the twenty seconds from <laughs> the sprint where that horse just separated itself at the end to uh I guess. Taken, taking down the pony next. You know, no prisoners out there for rich strike. We, I,
3: I was trying to think of a golf uh, like example of that happening. Like a like a some like a what what's the word I'm looking for? Metaphor? Uh sure. Yeah.
1: It's not a simile, right? That's something different.
3: Yeah, like a like like something in golf similar like happening similarly. And the best I could come up with is like a <laughs> I didn't tweet this out, but uh like Scotty Scheffler walking to the green jacket ceremony and getting punched in the face by an Augusta national member or something.
1: Like no, that. It would be Scotty Scheffler punching a Augusta national. member.
3: Oh, no, no, because the, the guy on the horse was oh trying to punch, God. was trying to punch the horse. It was like, it was like the steward of the, of the, uh, of the that. derby yeah. trying to punch the winner of the derby.
1: The guy on the pony was like We're gouging, listening. gouging the eyes out of the now like most valuable horse on planet Earth. I could
3: not stop laughing as that was happening. I, I was like, I need to write a normal sport for horse racing because this <laughs> is unbelievable. My wife picked that horse, by the way.
1: I I was actually surprised that not more people like, you know, that there wasn't a ton of payouts on it. Cause I would have thought that a bunch of people would have looked at the odds. Greg saw 80 to one and threw 10 bucks on it. You know what I mean? Like I thought people would have done that. Apparently that did not happen, but I would have thought when, when that, when I saw that was an 80 to one winner, I was like, Holy crap. I bet you like everybody got, everybody's got a ticket on this.
2: Yeah, well, you—I you, mean, you think we talked about it a little bit yesterday? If you don't, you don't follow the sport until the Kentucky Derby, and now all of a sudden you do, and you're looking at numbers. I mean, what what else do you go on? You got to take some—you got to take some long shots unless you you've been really following some of the favorites. I, I would expect a lot of small wagers on that as well.
3: But this uh, is what we talked about. Like you have to be kind of—we were just talking about this off air. You have to be a betting moron kind of to do that right yes
2: right but that's why you expect the small wagers yes because you just okay i'm gonna have a little fun it's the derby i don't feel like a a, somebody who doesn't really follow golf looking at the odds board for the pga and just you know who's 80
1: to to one numbers
3: i looked it up
2: uh no i looked
1: up who was 80 to one on saturday for this event i did not look to the to the pga championship though
3: so pga it was some interesting names it was um ricky fowler ricky fowler wow it was uh siwoo kim it was max homo he won't be tomorrow it was keegan bradley <laughs> he, he he will still be tomorrow yeah it was Sergio it was Harris English it was Billy Horschel so not like like it, the the horse racing people acted like you know somebody just preposterous won the derby those those guys would not be like like a Max Homa or Keegan Bradley wins the PGA that's not like Rich Strike winning the Kentucky Derby
2: yeah we're but but What we're do you think the
3: field size
2: has to do with that
3: <clears throat> Yeah,
2: that's you got know, you 20 horses versus 156 golfers, right?
1: Uh, David in the chat says, in honor of the Derby, do we have the last winner on tour who was an alternate? So we have because Rich Strike didn't even get into that field until right. what Saturday morning, Friday night. Uh, now, I guess we'd have to define how this were. I mean, Nate Lashley was an alternate when he got in on Wednesday night and won, right? Yeah.
3: Yeah. And uh, the rocket mortgage. Went wire to wire. Was he an alternate? He had to. Oh, be. because he didn't Monday. Yeah. He tried to Monday qualify and didn't.
1: Did right? not Monday qualify. Somebody somebody withdrew Wednesday night and he got in. It's
3: a good pull there.
1: Uh, Corey Connors did Monday qualify. I don't think that counts, though. I think you've got to be an actual, alter, an alter, actual alternate. Well, but right. I, th-
3: I would argue that the alternates are higher up than the Monday qualifiers, right? Because
1: it's like. Because it's guy like a hundred and thirty fifth in the in the order of merit instead yeah, of versus any like, random person who could qualify.
3: Yeah, do you have to be a like you couldn't go qualify, Rick? I mean, even if you were good enough,
1: it's not good. Why not? Can I? Can really? I? Just pay my yeah, six, there's a
3: there's, a, pre-qualifier. No. there's a, a pre oh. qualifier. There's a pre qualifier. There's a, okay, so how many pre qualifiers are there? Just one?
2: Yeah, one. There's a pre qualifier and then and then the Monday qualifier. The pre qualifier is usually at a different golf course. Um, I mean, then the, and then even the the Monday qualifier. So you kind of got to go around a couple places. So if I was if I was
1: dirty, I could pay my six hundred bucks or whatever it is to go play the pre qualifier, get into the Monday qualifier, win that, or get in in that, and play a PGA Tour event with zero status anywhere in the world.
2: Yeah, I mean, if like your normal scoring average is you know sixty point five, you have a just... chance. <laughs> I mean, you got to shoot, you got to
3: shoot nothing to get into those things. It's it, it's insane. You could turn in your nine hole score. See if, right. that was a, see yeah, if that yeah. was enough. Just try to sneak it by. I love that uh, Max Homa wins and we're talking about Monday qualifiers five <laughs> minutes, into seven minutes into this we're broadcast. We're getting there,
1: Max. We're getting there. We got a lot of stuff to talk about. Uh, I, I've never had more fun on a weekend. Uh, that's probably not true, but I really enjoyed this. And the fact that Max Homa gets the job done, wins, this, wins for the fourth time on the PGA Tour, he is just so incredibly likable. Uh, I thought he was as impressive as impressive could be. Greg, I'll start with you because we talked earlier in the week and I guess it was last night and we were like, Max Homa looks great. He looks dialed in. Yeah. He looks unflappable. He looks like nothing's going to bother him. He's going to win this golf tournament. It, I was so impressed and, and I just love that he, that he pulled it off.
2: Yeah. It didn't look like he was, um, it didn't look like he was worried. Yeah. It looked like he was just kind of going about his business, which is what you hope. And especially in our business uh, on the the betting side of things, we look at data and analytics and, this is the thing that the data can't predict at least at this point. What's going to happen when you get in the mix? What's going to happen when you make a bogey and there's a two-shot swing going against you? What what will how will you handle that? And you expect Max Homa to hit the ball nicely and hit the hit great shots like he's been doing all week and he did. And you expect him when he has a great putting week to step up and and perform and contend. I mean, I was looking on your site earlier, Rick because we've had so many discussions about how when he putts well, he he performs. Yeah. And he has in his career now, this is his 11th event with over four strokes gained putting. And it's uh, now four wins, four of 11. It was three of 10 heading into today. And he gained nine strokes putting this week. So all you, you have that again where his putting gets hot, like he said in his interview, and he wins. And, and that to me is a really big testament of what, What you do uh, emotionally, how you handle yourself down the stretch. It's one thing to get there. It's one thing to get in contention, but closing the door is another. And he did a beautiful job today.
1: Uh, I go back to Thursday and Friday, KP, when everybody, everybody's routine in the rain changed except Max Homa's. It I swear you wouldn't, you never know he's from Southern California because it looked like he was a mutter. It looks like this was just another day on the golf course. He had the same routine with Joe Griner every single shot all week long. And it, it felt inevitable that he was going to grind out this victory. That's the way I felt on Thursday and Friday.
3: Yeah. Didn't we talk about him on Thursday? I'm sure we did.
1: We, we talked, talked about all week. It was just like we talked about him on Monday. We talked about him on Tuesday. that he was impressive on Thursday and Friday. It was just like he's got to win this golf tournament.
3: We talked about how good he's been this season. And I think I saw you tweeting about this. I was tweeting about it as well. He, his trajectory has been great on the PGA Tour over the last eight years. But he's made a leap this year from being like a top 40 type ball striker to being like a top 10 ball striker and we're only halfway th- through the season so maybe that's unsustainable but the way he's playing right now he's going to be on the american team like the t- at the team events he, he i think the next thing for him you know he, he i talked about this after he won safeway was it safeway fortnite whatever that tournament's called yeah for. yeah i for- i actually have forgotten that it's not called fortnite i like in my head i just like I wasn't making a joke. I was legitimately calling it Fortnite. Uh, he's normalized winning to the point that it's not a novelty that he wins on the PGA Tour anymore. Remember when he won in 19 at Quell Hollow? And you're like, oh my gosh, the Twitter guy won a tournament. The Twitter guy's also good at golf. <laughs> and yeah. now he's, he's won three of his last 30, and you're like oh like (laughs) he's he wins a lot i mean the guy he's won more over the last two years since the start of 2021 than rory spieth dj Xander brooks bryson i mean you should go down the list of guys that he has won more than now i think the next thing for him and he would probably say this too you got to you got to contend in a major he hasn't really done that i think he he doesn't have any top I don't think he has a top 25 in a major championship yet. So that'll be a, a big deal for him coming up next. But I, I just, I love guys who's, he's not a prodigy. He's not an, uh, like, a um, what sort I'm looking for? Like, a like you don't think yeah, he's going to be know. like an, an all time superstar world beater virtuoso. He's not a virtuoso, but I'm almost more impressed by the endurance that it takes to become this kind of guy, eight years into your career, where you have to grind out these seasons, where you're getting incrementally better than I am with guys like Morikawa and Rory, who just start off at that top five or top ten level.
1: His uh, best finish in a major is a T is a T40 at the 2021 Open Championship. Not good. Not not good at all. But we're gonna celebrate Max Homa uh, today. And and Greg, I mean, it's not just the stats that back it up. When when we had him on the podcast, he was just like, "Yeah, I just try to get better every day." I try to just get a little bit better every single day. And I know guys say that, but it actually aligns with the stats. And now the wins are coming. It's like, yeah, just get a little bit better every day. I love it.
2: He, um, it, the really interesting thing about him to me is he was on this show on Sirius XM and it, it was like kind of a long form interview and he talked about what, uh, what major he th- thinks he would have the best chance to contend in. And he said the open uh, because of because of the weather. And you don't always see this out there. Uh, You're watching shot tracers and you're watching guys week in and week out. And he talked about how he really likes to move the ball around. He likes to play shots. He feels like when the weather gets worse, he gets in his own little bubble. And it was I I actually heard it this week. I think it was an old interview, but I heard it this week heading into it. And it it was it, it played out perfectly. And you see the stats, what he says, like, like you're saying, Rick, everything plays out the way he talks about it and, and it, it shows it's really cool. He just continues to chip away and improve. You can tell he works at it. There's always something that he and Mark Blackburn are working on that, that actually comes true in the tournaments. They're working on their wedge play and he gets up and down, you know, working on the putting, he has a hot putting week working they made this great swing change and you've seen his ball striking continue to improve. So he set his mind to improving certain areas uh, and, and his emotions are a big one in that maybe the biggest, but every, everything he sets his mind to, to improve seems to work. You know, maybe it's like the better who has, you know, 40 tickets in a week and hits on one of them, but I, I don't get that sense. I, I think he really, they, they hit their targets. And when they, when they, Go down a path, it leads to success, and that's a sign to me that it's going to continue. Because he, he also he just he, he's so unassuming. I, I don't think he's going to um you know be affected by a success in a negative way.
1: I'm I'm looking through this scorecard on Sunday. KP, was there a highlight? Which is not even a knock against Max. home he shot a two under sixty eight. I can't remember a specific shot. I just remember that him and Joe Griner would figure out their number. And then Griner would say, give yourself a birdie putt, which just means like hit the green, just hit the green. You're not trying to bite off more than you can chew. And around TPC Potomac on a very difficult week, like that's, that's plenty.
3: But I thought what was interesting is he had that run. I don't have it in front of me right now, but he had that run on the second nine where he, okay, here, I've got it now. Um, Let's see here. So final round. So he missed the green on 11. He missed the green on 12. He missed the green on 13. And he really kept himself in it by making all those par puts, right? Uh, okay. Producer Jacob has it pulled up on, on data golf here. I, I just he, – he struck the ball really well This week and all season, but it was it was I mean, I think his putting on Sunday was kind of what carried the day. What was his? Oh, yeah. So two and a half strokes gained putting and everything else was pretty, pretty average. Right. That that to me, I was just I was blown away by how many greens he was missing uh, and then his ability to get up and down and keep himself in it. And then he kind of cruised late in the day where he started hitting more greens. And like you said, giving himself, I thought 18 was kind of emblematic of that, just giving himself a 25 foot par putt and lagging it and or, uh, excuse me, birdie putt and then lagging it and making par. But he really kept it together in the middle there with a nine foot birdie, a seven foot birdie, a four foot birdie where any one of the, or excuse me, par where any one of those could have upended his round and, and given Keegan an advantage.
2: Um, I I also, I do think there were some highlights in the golf swing, but in the position he's in, in the tournament, it affects the target you choose. So he wasn't in a position where he had to flag it necessarily. Uh, But you think about the shot he hit on 17, the tee shot he hit on 18. And there are a number of these where what I see is a guy that can aim down the left hand side of a hole and make a swing, an aggressive swing and know it's not going to go left. And you see him on the left edge of a number of these fairways and they're not poles. They're just, you, you aim there, you try to fade it and it doesn't fade as much as you think, but that's the strategy of the game. And it takes a lot of trust in your swing to be able to do that where, um, so the, again, the one on 17 where there's a penalty area to the right and he hits a, a perfect iron shot makes a beautiful golf swing and it, it's 30 feet, but it's right where he's looking and it doesn't fade and so there's no risk of of trouble and 18 the same thing aims down the left side rips a tee shot it, it hangs in there pretty straight and and ends up going with 322 yards and it makes the it makes the hole easy so i, I think there were some uh a big swings that he was able to make even though he did have a couple of rough patches as kyle mentioned
1: four wins kp Four wins, twice a Victor at the Wells Fargo Championship, one at TPC Potomac, one at Quail Hollow. Obviously, the victory at Riviera, is it really just a question of major championships now? Like like what a what what is the other non-major like trajectory for Max Homo? Can he win one and a half times a year, but then that's only going to create more of these situations where we ask about majors, like what where do we go from here?
3: I think that's a great question and You know, as we were talking here, I'm like, can Max Homa get to 10 wins in his career? Like, what do you guys think? Can Max Homa get to 10 wins? 10's a lot. It's It's so many. Six six more.
1: But, okay, uh, other side of it, he's the best he's ever been right now. And seemingly maybe still getting better. And also, it's not like he went from gaining a stroke around to two strokes per round. And that's kind of like the top end of what the big boys are doing. If he does, like there is still room
2: for him to improve compared to his peers. I I guess the, the he's 31 years old right now, he's playing the best that he's played, which are, they're great points, but that typically doesn't continue right there. there There tend to be lulls in, in a career. And so how long can you, like just keep picking off these wins where the putter gets hot, where all of a sudden you're going to have a hot putting weekend. It leads to a win. Like how many of those are in his game? And I I think that's a, a really hard question that, that putter up a little bit and gets a little less, you know, his, if his floor can raise on, on the greens, then I think he'll have a lot more chances. Cause then he'll be able to contend without having a great putting week. And you're not you're not wasting a great putting week just to get into contention. I I, I don't know. I, I feel like 10's a a lot, but he he looks
3: good. I just I don't know how sustainable it is. This is kind of a peak. So his comps on data golf are Daniel Summerhays, David Toms, Briny Baird, Lynn Matisse, Matt Jones, Chris DeMarco, and Charlie Hoffman. I think David ah, Toms has 10 wins 11 he's, wins he's, he's
1: getting the sh- he's getting the shaft on those comps he's better than a lot of those guys
3: but david Toms is the only one of these guys that post age 31 his his trajectory continued to go up right yeah and so i think i think it's a fair like assessment to this point that this is what is what his comps are but if you continue to follow like the Tom's path I think he could I, I don't think he will win 10 times but I I think that uh, I think he could. I think another interesting question is what does he have to do to have a better career than than uh, Fowler? I think Fowler's like a good kind of baseline uh like uh not baseline but a good litmus test for like um for Homa of like if you can have a better career than him that's a really good career. Yeah, uh, well you
2: I mean you got to make some Ryder Cup teams. Some President's Cup teams,
3: right? in some majors. I will read real quick. I want to read this quote from Rory. Rory got asked about Homa after his round, or after Rory's round today, and he said he's way too good a player. He got asked about Homa losing his card early in his career. Mm. He said he's way too good a player to lose his card. He's a really good player. Honestly, when you look at him play, you think he should have done better than he has. Yikes. Uh, I think that's, that's sort compliment, of, but also not, <laughs> yes, I think that's sort of how he looks, uh, how he swings it, his whole demeanor. Sometimes it just takes guys a little bit longer to sort of figure out their games and I guess live up to their potential, but he definitely seems to have come into his own over the last couple of years. So yeah, that's, a, a lot. that's a nice endorsement.
2: It is very nice, but I, I think a lot of that has to do with the the swing work that he's done, right? I mean, this golf swing has changed. Uh, and it's it that's why you've seen the the consistent results. He's gotten some really good technical work in with uh, with Mark Blackburn, and it it has become easy for him. And you listen to those guys talk about it. his he was trying to do things with his body with his swing that it that he can't do. And Rory's swing is as as natural as it gets, right? Yeah. and and so he, it was almost like he was born with this, and there wasn't the need for. In fact, the technical work you could argue hurt hurt Rory, and and so Max Holma had to go and make you know build these foundational blocks that I don't think Rory had to make uh, had to build. So just from I I wonder if that has any effect on Rory's perspective. I I don't think it's as simple as figuring out his game. He had to kind of figure he he kind of had to make his game what it is. Um, So if you consider that figuring it out, that's one thing. But he's definitely. He's definitely figured a lot of things out.
1: Love it. Exciting, exciting Sunday. Max Homa, hat tip to you for time winner on the PGA Tour. We've got a lot of other stuff to talk about. Uh, we are going to continue this conversation, but first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. Did you know that more than 75% of Americans will experience foot pain in their lifetime, but only 10% will seek out a solution? Through your entire body, not just your feet. Insoles have been uh, phenomenal for me uh, personally, and they are clinically proven to decrease fatigue, reduce injury, and improve comfort. I can attest to that myself, especially when walking uh, a lot of golf holes that I play. So if you feel good, you play good, you look good, everything works out from there and it starts from the bottom up visit superfeet.com and enter promo code first at checkout for 15% off your first order plus free shipping those places that you want to go, the things that you'd like to do this weekend and where the Santa Fe can take you. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. And we're back. Keegan Bradley. Keegan Bradley. Gentlemen, if you would have told me on Wednesday that Keegan Bradley would have gained, I don't know, what what it end up? Nine and a half strokes putting, nine strokes putting this week. I would have emptied the bank account and put an outright wager on Keegan Bradley. He ends up finishing in that logjam runner-up uh position thanks to a two over 72. Uh things kind of got out of hands for uh for Keegan on the 11th hole KP. That's where he made double. He also had another double on number 2, but he battled back from that one. It's just he didn't have his best stuff today. He made a couple big numbers.
3: No, he didn't. And I think there was a – I don't know if you guys talked about this on Saturday night. I talked about it a little bit on HQ where there was a path that uh, Keegan was putting really well through 54 holes. And, you know, he's a he's a great ball striker. And so it's it wasn't un, inconceivable that he could kind of keep up the way he was playing. And, you know, he was four better than everybody in the field except for Homa. And so it wasn't inconceivable that he could keep that up and and maybe run away and 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 hide with this, but it just and I don't I didn't see his final uh, strokes and putting number on Sunday, but it just felt like man he's putted it great through fifty four holes. How's this going to go over the final eighteen? And I actually was impressed with the way he bounced back after that early like start and and just to stay in it. He's kind of like he's kind of one of those guys that he's just a pro. Like you don't. You know, he, he's not like a superstar. I think he kind of, we kind of maybe thought he would be early on, but he's just like a, he's just a solid pro. He's not gonna go away. He's not gonna give up. He's not gonna give in. So that that provided, I thought, a nice uh, kind of fight with Homa throughout the day. But yeah, he just he didn't. I I didn't think he had his best stuff ball striking honestly throughout the week, and that I, I guess that showed a little bit. I think on uh, on Sunday.
1: Yeah, he gained uh, about nine tenths of a stroke with the putter on Sunday. Nine point seven with the flat stick for the week led the field. Yeah, putting, which is probably a sentence he, I've I've never said before.
3: He was just saving so. I mean, he did. He he basically did what Homa did on Sunday earlier in the week, where he's saving these par putts, saving these bogey putts, and just giving himself like it. It just it almost like overinflated his score to the point where you see somebody up four on the field other than Homa going into Sunday and you're like, oh, he must be playing great. He was playing good, but he wasn't playing at a clip where you're like, oh, he's definitely going to win the tournament.
1: Yeah, I actually thought he hit, like had some bigger moments. He he drives 14, two putts for birdie. He stuffs one at 16. Greg makes the putt for birdie to keep him alive. He had like the fist pump, pump moments that I'm not sure Max Homa did, but he also had the two doubles that like, you know, offset all of that hard work.
2: This is exactly what we talked about last night, right? He's a, he is a competitor and as Kyle said, he's not going to give in. And so when he gets near the lead, Keegan plays he plays well. He gets into the competition and it, it doesn't matter how he's feeling. He, he didn't get lost in what's wrong with my golf swing. He said, how am I going to get back in this tournament? He rattles off what three birdies and four holes or something on, on the front nine. And all and it looks like, okay, wow. Here comes Keegan until eleven. And the disappointing thing with him, and this didn't happen with Homa. I, I think there are some very, their profiles are very similar, Keegan and Homa. But uh Kegan striking didn't hold up. And, you know, we thought to have a great putting. It, I, gaining nearly nine-tenths uh, of a stroke putting could have been enough for Keegan very easily. Um, if you look at what he typically does tee to green, you might expect that to be enough. Um, and, but it was the ball striking a couple of loose shots. His swing was out of sync early. He was a little quick early and, and, um, and then you got to get, you got to find your rhythm again, and then you got to hang on to it and hope that, you know, that's where you get into that quick fix kind of, uh, feeling with your golf swing. And it gets really hard for that to last sometimes. So you see, okay, it works. It works for these four holes. I give myself great birdie putts, but then the real problem comes back at at 11 and it, so it was kind of a, it was much more difficult for him where homo was much more uh level with his t to green play even though he missed some greens for a stretch he seemed very very level uh em- emotionally and keegan isn't that way he's he can go get up really he can get really high and can get up and he can get down too um but it was that out of sync start and and the um I guess lack of trust that that gave his ball striking.
1: Yeah, I uh, completely agree with uh, with those sentiments. There, a couple other guys here in the runner up position. Uh, Cam Young, KP, four hundred sixty six. How about this kid? He, he's he's the rookie of the year. He's got to be just absolutely phenomenal. Uh, could not make a putt to save his life. Many many. Cracks inside six eight feet, lost two and a half strokes for the week. It one of the rounds was like he lost like five strokes putting. Um, unfortunate, but man, you can see how bright the future appears to be for Cam Young.
3: Yeah, he he led the field in strokes, t Green by like almost a stroke and a half a round, yeah, which is by, yeah, five, yeah, five total strokes. That's outrageous.
1: That's the same gap between Kurt <clears throat> Kitayama and Danny Lee. Well, Danny Lee missed the cut. Maybe that's not fair. Matthew Neesmith, who finished thirty first, so that yeah. lapping the field.
3: Cam Young's going to make the Tour Championship. Like he he's he's having a tremendous year, and it's it's flown under the radar because you know he he played great at Riviera, but all the attention is on Neiman. He he's played great in some spots, but he hasn't won. He he's he's having a really really good year and uh, I don't know I, I haven't dug deeper on his stats is he just generally a terrible putter like is no that his no he's not. no he's a good I mean
2: he's he's a good putter and a good driver and his short game if you ask him his short game is his biggest weakness I I think statistically it might be his uh, approach the green
3: game. Well, he's been hitting some. I mean, he's been pretty good in terms of approach shots so far this year. Yeah,
2: yeah, I know he doesn't. He doesn't. His ranking isn't great. I can check on the uh, the official one, but I I mean, you would say just looking at his profile, he's a great driver and a a very good putter. But the putting seems to slip the last couple
3: of weeks. I feel like every time I looked up today, he was hitting one to seven feet, five feet, eight feet, ten feet. You were.
1: Uh, This does not include this week, but. Uh, I mean, he's positive in – he's positive in every category. He's third off the tee, or at least was entering the week. Uh, right. 99th around the green, 104th on approach, and 100th in putting. But he's a positive in all of those, but they're just like – so he's amazing off the tee and a little bit better than tour average everywhere
3: else. I think the other thing, he he's only 24. He looks like he's like 34 because of the beard and everything. Strong. So I think he – he gets a little bit of a shaft in terms of like, he's, he's, I mean, he's not as good, obviously, as like Scheffler and Hovland and those guys, but he's in their, their age category. Right. And to have a year like that at age 24 in this era of the PGA Tour is, is really impressive.
2: Yeah. I, that, that he's not as good as those guys changes quickly if, you know, yes. he wins, wins a PGA championship or something. Yeah. yeah. Cause he has that, di- that what he can do with the driver is, is an elite skill set. And I've always thought that the guys who are elite at something, right, the best play, the best driver of the ball, like John Rom, has a great chance of getting to world number one because they're, they're, you're the best at something. Where the Shoffleys and the Cantleys seem to have a harder time getting there with kind of a not the best at anything but very good at everything. So, I mean, his his distance is an elite skill set and. A big, a big win could really change the perception of Cam Young, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, we talked about it earlier in the week. When you are perceived as a one-trick pony, but then you start doing it at a bunch of different golf courses, that is scary stuff,
3: and that's what he's doing. Yeah. But it's like, I mean, it, it's sort of like being a an NBA player who is like the best three-point shooter in the league that even if you're average at the other stuff, you're going to be pretty good, right? Right. That's kind of what, that's kind of what you're saying, right, Greg?
2: Yeah, absolutely. And so it, it, all of a sudden, you have a great rebounding game, and you it's it's a hard yeah i was really, here. you go basketball. with this one great yeah, i was so excited
1: for where that yeah, was yeah i don't, I don't know <laughs> you have a great rebounding game maybe you find yourself in a path for a triple double i don't yeah. know where
2: you're going <laughs> right yeah that'd be a great one you, you end up with a triple double or you know you have a year where you you rack up a couple more assists a game and all of a sudden you make the all nba uh, the all nba team Something yeah. like that. But you look at what this is for Cam Young. It's a T2 at the Sanderson Farms, a T2 at the Genesis, a T3 at the RBC Heritage, a T2 at, um, Those at TPC Potomac. Very different. different courses. Yeah. And that 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 says a lot to me. He's not a one-trick pony, right? I mean, RBC Heritage, in there, he's, he's a bomber. And he comes in tied third at the RBC Heritage. And here, I, I mean, I didn't think this would be a a bomber's golf course per se. Um, And it hasn't been in the past. So very, very high quality stuff from him.
3: I don't realize I needed to hold your hand walking down that NBA analogy, right? Yeah. (laughs) You can can hold my hand if you want to.
1: (laughs) We're we're a good team here. We'll figure it out. Uh, Matt Fitzpatrick, Matty Fitzpatty, uh, three under 67. I, I don't think I have much to say about him, KP. He was great when things get hard. He's great finish a couple of shots short it's an awesome finish kind of
3: what, yeah what you could do this week it, so two things one the two thing the two most irrat the, the two things that i get the most irrationally frustrated with are kevin streelman's glasses on the back of his head and fitzpatrick leaving the pin in when he puts <laughs> there's no know? there's no reason for me to get mad there's no reason for me to have like anger about those things but i do and i don't i don't totally know why i need I might need counseling. Um The second is I like Fitzpatrick, kind of like Fleetwood three years ago. Needs to he needs to win, right? He needs to he needs to like get a PGA Tour win. I just I I I don't I don't know. I I, I feel like he's he, like he's a good player. I'm not disputing that. He's won on the European tour. He's he's won all over the world he's won a u.s amateur I, but like there's just something about and listen we said this about scheffler literally six months ago five months ago um there's something about like breaking through and winning that is really meaningful and until he does that i just kind of i i, I don't know i i don't look at him in the same way that i look at guys of his caliber that have that have won on the on the pga tour if that makes sense
1: yeah, it's it's a weird. Um, I don't know, Greg. It's like it's hard to assess him accurately. I think I don't think he gets enough credit for as good as he is. But I I tend to agree with Kyle that I'd I'd, I'd like to see a victory at some point.
2: Yeah, I mean the guy's third on the PGA Tour right now. I mean, not including this week in strokes gain total, which is I, I mean, pretty kind of a big deal. It's it, he was first for a while. And then I think when he missed the cut at the RBC heritage, that took a little bit of a dip and maybe it comes back now, but the the funny thing about Fitzpatrick is he plays these hard golf courses really well, but you don't feel like he has enough to win on them. And, and so you think, well, can Matt Fitzpatrick win at Riviera? Well, no, I mean, no, for well, right off the top of your head, you'd say probably not. He probably doesn't have the game to win at Riviera. Yet that's a course where he plays very well. Uh, And so it's a a unique situation where he plays well and he plays well in some majors. He plays well on hard golf courses, but you don't feel like he has enough to win there. And that's a, that's a hard thing.
3: Yeah. It's a little bit like, I'm just going straight NBA tonight, but it's a little bit like Bradley Beal averaging 27 a game and the, and the wizards winning like 40 games. You're like, well, I, Like I get that and I get that it's, I'm I'm talking about a team event, but it's almost like the stats don't mean as much if you don't like, I I don't, it it make like his his lack of winning makes me care a lot less about his strokes gain. If that may, if that. Yeah. And it's fair,
2: but look, I mean, he's only 27 years old and he continues to put himself in position, but you know, there's something, I I agree. It appears when you watch him, there seems to be something missing. Maybe, that. I mean, that might be a great analogy, KP.
1: Rory McElroy, the defending champion and uh, three-time winner of this event, uh, almost made a run at it again, gents, finishes in solo fifth, four shots back. Uh, KP, Rory made the cut on the number and then kind of charged up the leaderboard here and at least gave us, um, I don't want to say half a scare. He gave us like a tenth of a scare.
3: Yeah, it, I mean, it, there was not. It, it, it would have taken a miracle on the weekend. He, I think only uh, Cam Young had a better weekend uh, scoring number than him. I can tell you right now. Let's see.
1: Over the weekend, Cam Young gained 9.8 strokes. Rory gained 8.8, 8, so that would
3: be correct. Okay, so uh, he was great on the weekend. I mean, it, it, this tournament is a little bit emblematic of his major issues, which is he has that one bad round, right? If he doesn't have the the one bad second round, uh, he's, you know, maybe beats Homa, maybe is in a playoff, maybe finishes one back or whatever. I, I think, you know, I think there's, I think Rory's hitting the ball actually really well, even though he almost missed a cut. If you look at, and I think this is where strokes gained is really interesting. So he wins Wells Fargo last year going into the PGA at Kiowa and everybody's like, Oh, Rory Kiowa probably win by three and he didn't he finished t49 but he actually hit the ball a lot better this year at the wells fargo and so you're like okay wait a second i need to look past wins and losses as you're projecting things out and say how's he hitting the ball and he you know he uh justin ray did the article earlier this week about how bad rory's been from uh 50 to 125 you and i talked about it really briefly rick he, he essentially his proximity to the hole was like 24 feet for the year, which is ho- horrible compared to the PGA tour average this week. It was 17 feet and he was two under from that distance. Whereas for the entire season, he's been three over. So he was a lot better from those distances. He talked after his round about, or he talked after his week about how much better he's hitting his approach shots, which I tend to agree with, but also, Again, you're doing it on a soft course. It's not Southern Hills. It's not Augusta. But I think you can, you know, he led the field in, from Tita Green at Augusta. He was ninth here or eighth or something like that. So I, I think there is momentum going into the PGA Championship. Uh, he just, he, he got too, he, he dug himself too big of a hole on Friday to ever get out of it this week on the weekend.
1: Advanced metrics look good, though, Greg. Gained four strokes off the tee, four and a half on approach. He gained another three with the putter. That, like, I, I will be nothing but excited about Rory McIlroy moving
3: forward.
2: Hey, he plays a, a 16-hole stretch in six under par, uh, 17-hole stretch in seven under par. I mean, there's, there's a lot of momentum there. There's a lot that he can take away and say, all right, I'm, I, I've got some things figured out. I had a few rough patches. It was some crazy weather out there for a while. Which can have, a, I mean, it can have an effect. Get a couple of mud balls, some water mud between ball. the, there you go. Water between the, uh, I mean, it's just, it, it's really challenging conditions. Rory in a major, I, I think his um, his performance at Southern Hills will have less to do with the advanced metrics and more to do with the way he, um, he taxed the golf course. And if we can get something like we did in the first couple of rounds at Augusta, where he played really smart. And maybe get a couple putts to fall. He could be there. I mean, Rory is in great form. He's swinging really well right now. Um, I, I see a lot of a lot of positives from him, and I love what he did on the greens this week. So I'm I'm a, a up on Rory, at least from where he is confidence wise. I, I think some questions heading into a major that loom go beyond the numbers, which is why he's so hard to handicap. How's he going to do in the
3: first round? That well, that's
2: that, the big question.
3: I took. I, I'm way in with Greg on this because I think that, I mean, he's he's. You could argue it's the best he's hit the ball going into kind of the summertime in several years. I mean, he's hitting it great. He's driving it really well. He had a couple drives that that he hit in the water this week that led to some some bad strokes gain numbers. But just throughout the the last few months, he's he's hit the ball. He hit it really well at Augusta, but the thing for me—and he said this at, at, at the Masters—I don't know what I, I don't know what his game plan is going into majors, and I don't know if he knows what it is, right? Because it, how has he won all his majors, Craig, by shooting 66 in round one, 65 right. in round one, right? Right, lighting it up, winning by eight, winning by four, yeah, absolutely. And that's how he wins his majors, and yet at Augusta, he's like, well. You got to play conservative. You can't take yourself out of it early. And I just don't, I those two things are hard to reconcile. Like, I I don't know what to do with those two realities that that's not how you've won your majors. And yet that's what you think you need to do going into. And and I want to ask him about it to, to be fair. Is that just an Augusta thing? Is that all majors? I want to, if if I'm in the press conference at Southern Hills, I'm going to ask him like, What is your strategy going into majors? Because the last, I mean, Justin Ray's got the stat of like first round versus rounds two through four, and it's not pretty. And so I think, I think Greg is spot on that like the numbers are awesome. If you watch him, it looks awesome. He's putting it great. But mentally, is there a good game plan going into the PGA championship?
2: I will say at the Masters, I think he had a, I think he executed his game plan brilliantly with the exception of, I mean, he missed four he missed four putts inside of like 6 feet, if, if i remember correctly and he gave too many shots away but that wasn't a that, that wasn't a strategy thing at least in this one instance it was a a, a short putt in thing and so if he can squeeze something out of his round i think he's in fo- form that's
3: plenty plenty good to win a major there's he no also, question he also beat everybody other than Scheffler by like 3 so <laughs> right right i mean it it wasn't it was it was I bet he had a better strokes gain number at this year's Masters than Tiger did when he won the twenty nineteen Masters. So some of that just comes down to uh you know, luck and how other guys are playing and whatever. You could probably look that up, huh, Rick? I'm I'm going to look yeah. it up right now. Um Tiger's strokes gain number in twenty nineteen when he won was not good. It was it should not have I mean like, 14,
1: 14.4 was Rory this year.
3: I think Tiger was like 12.
1: 14.4. Tiger was 2019 Masters 12 KP. Correct. Yeah. Rory beat Rory was two and a half strokes better.
3: Isn't that crazy? God, stupid game. It's, it's an idiotic game. You shouldn't win a major when you're 12 strokes better. That's why, that's why the
2: cliche is the cliche, you know, it's, that's why it's so hard to win. It's hard to win on the PGA, that's why. What a shame. It's
1: not so hard to win uh, best bets, although maybe for us it kind of is. We'll get to those on the other (laughs) side. uh, I was just looking for a segue. We'll do our one and done update, but first we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners.
0: Robert Half Research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half, Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, Roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers—whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at eBayMotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
1: And we're back. I'm watching the uh, the Sunday night baseball game, and I realized that everybody's using the the, the pink bats, Kyle. Oh. Um. Could you imagine if everybody like pink clubs, unveiled, like a pink, like a pink driver? All yeah, off that's, off. A,
3: that's a very, no- well, they have the pink uh, top tracer today, which was a great touch. Yeah. I but golfers
1: that. are too mental. Like you could just easily just go for pink grips, just choose the same grips, turn them pink. But like these golfers are too, could you imagine if you didn't play well with that? You'd play, you'd never be the same afterwards. Yeah. You could yeah. do
2: like pink shoelaces. I think it's something.
3: A- I think it's actually interesting that baseball players are, aren't too superstitious to use pink bats. 162 games. You go for you, three tonight. You you get another crack at it tomorrow. Do you still? Are you pretty locked in on the baseball season? Mm, not as much as I used to be. I'm like a, I'm like a four out of ten. I'm reading. Yeah, I'm like a one out of ten now. Uh, each each progressive kid has knocked that down another number. But uh, Joe Pita, who's who does a lot of golf. Uh, okay. uh, analysis and and betting now he wrote a book in like 2011. Have you, have you heard of of this book? Have you read it?
1: Uh, Yeah. Trading bases, right?
3: Yeah. It's really good about betting on baseball. I'm in the middle of it and it's, it's super, I mean, I'm not going to bet on baseball, but it's just super interesting to look at just to analyze a sport that is, it's got so much data and it makes me think about golf and about how, how much room there is to grow in like, data analytics not even for like betting but just for the, like the common fan over the next 10 15 20 years
1: yeah we are probably <clears throat> so baseball is like money ball so that was what uh like two early 2000s right when the yeah that
3: was from, w- when i was in high school i think like oh three
1: okay so that was 20 years ago we are like in the 2007 equivalent of that right now for golf. Yeah. We haven't had, we're not even close to the boom yet, uh, but like we're getting better, but there's still so much that we. Well,
3: In strokes gained, is a little bit like OPS where when, when people in 2004, were like what's OPS, I'm a batting average guy like RBIs or where it's at. And you're like, well, actually let me, let me show you why that's not, Carter. I like
1: my pitchers who win
3: games. Yeah. Yeah. Walter Johnson once threw 900 innings in a season. You're like, "Oh, cool." I don't think that works.
2: You know how many fairways Calvin Pete hit back in 1989?
1: <laughs> exactly. That's exactly um, it. Right? So, so do you think what's what's more unbreakable? Cy Young's 500 and whatever wins? 11. 511. Yeah. Or Tiger Woods uh what should what should we pick consecutive cuts streak?
3: No, I think it's the uh strokes the, gained per round. Yeah. Beating the field eighty I think it was rounds. Eighty-nine or ninety, something like that. Yeah, which one's more un- unbreakable?
2: Well, I, I would have to say uh the Cy, Cy Young. I I just I think with pitch counts and the limited schedule, I, I just I don't know if anybody's gonna you know what they did with like Steven Strasburg, right? Yeah, Remember they that? Him. Yeah, they ruined him. you just, you're not going to let him play. You got a star. It feels like, and I'm a zero on the baseball scale, but I'll listen to some of the talk on the radio, you know, New York radio. And it's so <laughs> funny sure to hear a talk sure is great it.
1: New York sports talk oh, <laughs> oh,
2: it's great. Every once in a while, I get it. If, if I'm not listening to golf radio, New York sports radio is hysterical.
3: Are the, they, are the Aaron uh, Judge takes just off the charts?
2: You know, uh, yeah, tons. There's there's a lot of Aaron Judge, but it's pretty. They're pretty. He's. We know he's really good. So the thing is, you know, what are they? What are we doing with pitchers? And what what is? Are, are we into analytics? Or are we going to accept analytics or or not? You know, Aaron Boone, all he does is go on analytics. No, but he's actually a great manager. The Yankees are trying to win. The, the Yankees haven't won a Super uh, a World Series since two thousand and nine. Yeah, but they make the they make the playoffs. Oh, Cashman needs to go. They can't win. Well, yeah, but he he makes them a lot of money. It, it's it's so
3: That's funny. Sweet, the, the I love it. Yeah, Do you know how
2: many teams would love a thirteen
1: year World Series drought? Like all of them would love that, right? If, if two thousand. Okay, let me workshop this this thought for you. So, um, I think the Cy Young one will be break will be broken because. No hear me out. I'm workshopping this Tommy John surgery 20 years ago. Like if you had that injury, your career was over, right? Yeah. Now now it's a common surgery and these guys come back sometimes even better than they were prior to the surgery. Right. We're agreeing so far.
2: Yeah, Yeah. I mean, I've heard, I've heard a lot of that. Yeah. So
1: we will get to the point where, uh, you can get like an arm replacement. Or you could get like a bionic arm or like that, you know, a hundred years from now, they're just going to like give you a new arm and you can have a new arm every single day. And then these guys will just pitch every single day and then someone will break the record. So So, like metal arms out there. Well, or just like, you know, they'll just be able to go in, you know, surgery will will take three seconds and you'll heal in, in four hours and you'll you'll just be repair you'll just go right back at it again.
3: You'll have like a two hundred and twenty year old Elon Musk throwing like yeah. twelve hundred <laughs> innings a year. Yeah, he just piles up dubs. My my friends and I have actually talked about getting our sons pre Tommy John PTJ.
1: Yeah, see, Smart.
3: just like just a like it's almost like preventative maintenance. <laughs> yeah. Producer Jacob, Jacob, Jacob I, just, <laughs> I just I just needed to come in and say, I
4: think the, the USGA announced that we're playing Pinehurst that same year that the first, like, bionicle arm is making a main, uh, major league debut.
3: The odds are the odds are good
2: that that is true. We finally
1: yeah. found something that could summon producer Jacob in. From just
3: like <laughs> yeah.
2: nothing. This I like is- I like a veteran Charlie Woods in that one, by the way. <clears throat> For the bionic arm or for the, you know, for that Pinehurst USO.
3: Oh, oh, we're, yeah. we're, we're already handicapping the field <laughs> you for that yeah. <laughs> Uh, I like that take. I think the beating the field for 89 straight rounds is preposterous.
1: Yes. And it's, that was because the field's always like, everyone's going to get better together. So no one's ever going to do that.
3: You can't ever like have not even a, you can't even have like an average day you can't even get the wrong end of a really bad draw
1: and have a good day. Like you can't even be on the wrong end of the player's draw gain. Like a, like, it's just gain a shot on your wave and still lose to the field.
3: So that's what is that Uh 23 straight events or something. So it's a full year of every single round you gain. That's stupid. It's impossible. But, but it do, also, do you
2: think there's like there's gonna be another? Le- we have we have legends that do these
3: unthinkable things in every era. So I've been thinking about this a lot, Greg, because I've been reading a lot of like golf history books. I've read some Tom Callahan, he wrote the Arnie book. Uh, yep. he wrote a he wrote a tiger book. He wrote a chapter in a book that I just read called Gods at Play, um, about tiger and. I'm so fascinated with this concept of who's the next in the line of Jack and Tiger. And I I don't know who it is. It's not anybody. I don't think that's currently playing. Right. Yeah. I I don't either. Rory was the one that was talked about and then Spieth kind of, I guess, but there's going to be somebody that we don't, that's maybe like, three years old or 11 years old or not even born or whatever. And I'm obsessed with like knowing who that is over the next, however many years. I just think that, I mean, nobody knew who tiger was when he was, well, I guess they did when he was like three, <laughs> but, uh but he was two, nobody knew. Yeah, exactly. When he was <laughs> one, I mean, he was, a, he was just like, you know, anonymous <laughs> basically. So, I'm just that I'm obsessed with that idea and I can't wait to to find it out and to see who that is and how it goes. Do you think if LeBron James would have
1: played golf? Like Le, like LeBron could do it. Like LeBron is just physically mentally he's just way better than everybody else in his era. For,
3: well that's for 20 years. That's the that's the Bryson take, right? Is is he has said there's not a lot of advancement other than like a seven footer swinging it, uh, like right. ball speed of like two thirty,
1: right? And Bryson tried to get himself as close to that as he could, but like he's he's just not, he's just not, he's not gifted with it, right? He's
2: right if he but was there's like the, the guy like James Hart Dupree's, yeah, um, you know he's six ten, and if he had if he had this crazy talent, Tiger Woods like talent at that size. He wouldn't have to go through all the, um, you know, the steps that Bryson did to his to change his body to get there.
3: Yeah. So Maybe? if you if you if you get like Andre Drummond or so, or like Joel Embiid or somebody like that, <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Where <laughs> we've talked a lot of NBA today, uh, where like they're physically gifted in ways that nobody has been. I mean, Tiger was physically gifted but his body was like he was so thin you know like if you could get somebody that's like six eight or six eleven uh like dirk that could actually like have that whippiness with his swing and then like develop a short game that would be i think that that feels like the next frontier like that feels like the next the next thing
2: getting little like sawed off seven irons from 250 That'd be sick. You know, can't wait for that. Like that Max Holma swing where it's just it it's so controlled, but it just goes miles. Uh, the, the capper for this week is,
1: is Joel Embiid and the Sixers win tonight. That'll, that'll be a great weekend. <laughs> let me, uh, let me get through these best bets here very quickly. Coach lost his Tony Finau top 10. That was plus two fifty. Mark lost his top, uh, Swede. He had Henrik Norlander. It was actually David Lingmuth finished T46 Norlander finished T59 KP. You actually got, uh, you got a dirty little push here. Uh, cause you had Keith Mitchell over Webb Simpson and Mark Leishman, all three of them see ya did not make the weekend that's a push
3: yeah uh web has had kind of a concerning year two years year and a half uh, i'm more worried about this year than i was last it was just like weird
1: and we saw at least flashes but i'm i'm kind of worried about web
3: yeah me too um but yeah just the whole bet was was not good just terrible well,
1: that's right. You get your money back on that one. I did the thing where you pick the guy who wins the golf tournament to just beat one other guy. <laughs> <laughs> Max home over Matt Kuchar minus minus one thirty. Uh, so uh, I guess it worked, but, you know, I should have just said, what, what was the event that you said? Uh, <laughs> what was the two bets you made? Colin work wins the open championship and John Rob finishes top 10 or something like that
3: uh i think that i definitely had more cow winning the open back when we used to make like five bets or whatever yeah uh i think i had rom like top five or top 10 too yeah yeah that,
2: that cool. was when there was a hundred uh hundred unit limits yes. and oh, you, just, was, went, you was just went you so just went with on. two you just went with two.
3: Oh, that's right i did yeah you're right you used to because you added that history of having like 38 yeah, I'm like, well, I'll put three units on this and then 11 <laughs> <Right>. on this. <laughs> yeah, and that one I just went Morikawa and, and one other. And I I made like 700 units. <laughs> <laughs>
0: one and done.
1: And wow, we made some cash this week. Unfortunately, a lot of us made too much cash. So Sienna Jad uh, now firmly in the basement. Missed cut with Sepstraka. Sorry, KP, oh. you got $681,000 from Cam Young with a runner-up finish. The good news, you are now way ahead of Sia. You have made like $2 million in your last, I don't know, six or eight starts. You are on a great run. The only concern for this week is that I got T2 money. Mark got T2 money. The fans got fifth place money. But all in all, uh, you've got to be happy about the last, I don't know, six weeks or so.
3: I'm happy about doubling up the fans who had Rory. I guess not quite doubling up, but that feels great. Uh, I'm going to have to pull a bunch of Cam Young's out of my butt over the next three months though, because that's about all I've got left, which is problematic. I do have, again, (laughs) I've got DJ Brooks and Spieth for the majors. So I, I feel, I feel solid about that. Yeah. You win two of
1: those. You win the whole thing. I had Matt Fitzpatrick, 681,000 as well. We split. So. Three guys tying for second. You split second, third, and fourth place money. So it's six eighty one. I'm nipping at the heels of the fans now. They had Rory McElroy, fifth place alone, three hundred sixty nine thousand. Greg and Coach. Uh, this was, I guess, a pretty big disappointment. Tony Fee now Not great, Greg.
2: Yeah, I'm highlighting the uh, the done aspect of one and done this week. I'm just so disappointed in Tony. I had such high hopes. Um, I really thought there was something good brewing and it just and it looked good after the first two days, too. He was sitting at two. on. I mean, it was perfect for him and it went sideways. I think he was like seven over over the weekend. Just despicable. And so many great options like Max Homa was just the play this week. I, I I was all over him and I didn't play him in one and done. I don't get. I don't get it. I don't. So I'm disappointed in Tony. I'm disappointed in myself. Uh, but I'm happy to still be in fourth and somewhat in the mix. I guess. Oh,
1: yeah, you're you're in the mix here, uh, Coach. Also with Tony feet out, Jacob, Jacob, Jacob. Uh, did you know that you were cooked when Sia flipped over Sepstraka and you had Sepstraka as well?
4: Yeah. Here's the issue: was Sia sent me in a different name? And then he was just like, oh, wait, actually, can I take Sep Straka? And should I should have just down, let him take his
2: original name. Yeah. Yeah, that would have I, been. Uh, that Greg, would have changed things.
4: And Greg was on that thread, too. So he can confirm that on Tuesday, I did inform Sia that I would take all the credit if Straka played well. But Sia had to take all the blame if Straka did not perform this week. So all of this firmly lies with Sia, who is a confirmed yeah. for the one and done league.
2: And he was he was ready for that. Uh, he yep. was prepared to accept it. But let's just say that switch cost uh, six hundred eighty-one thousand dollars. Oh, so it was a tough switch. Oh, we don't need to- do- <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah,
2: it was. Uh, it was tough.
4: It. Yes. Uh, he he just sent me a message and said, "Have I taken Keegan?"
1: <laughs>
4: <laughs> that sucks. <Sorry>. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh,
3: that's a tough scene. Unfortunate. Unfortunate I'm for all. So, of us. I'm so glad the fans only got 370 at Aurora. They almost, they almost got zero.
1: Well, when he was like five under three, yeah, but they, he, he they almost got 1.6 million, which is what I thought they right were at seven holes in.
3: Yeah, Thursday morning it was looking scary. Yeah, yeah, the fans can pound sand. <laughs> I mean, after they tune in and watch the show, but then after that, they can pound
1: sand. <laughs> if you can hear me telling you to pound sand, thank you. But also yes. pound sand. Yes, yes,
3: yes. yeah. You
4: yeah, can, you, uh, can uh, you can pound sand. Pound. Hit that like button, subscribe, leave us a pound the like review button. on Apple. Just go pound uh,
3: everything. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. Mark uh, Mark did go with Keegan, and he got six eighty one, which I guess is better than one point six million. But Jens, he does. He does kind of extend a little bit here on Jacob and Coach and Greg. He's at six point seven million. This is the first sizable hit he's had in the calendar year. So hopefully, it does not spur a lot of great decision making moving forward.
2: Yeah, we need a we need a little lull. We need him to go to, into uh, prevent defense here. Um, that, that's what I'm he hoping was. for. Yeah, I know, I know. And this kind of pop just it, it makes him. Well, let's just hope it makes him comfortable. That's what we want. We want him feeling real comfortable up there. So, I I don't think anybody can catch him at this point.
1: You are just trying to reverse Jinx. Of course, we can all catch him at this point. (laughs) There's three major championships left. There's like two more invitationals. There's three playoff events. Of course, I want comfort. I
2: want comfort. Let's make Mark feel very comfortable.
3: I I love the the infighting of the fans who. (laughs) Oh, they are eating each other a lot. (laughs) Who didn't like who are just so angry about taking Rory this week, next week they'll probably take Scheffler and just be like, you know, booting each other out of chats and just, just pissed off. It's, it's, phenomenal there there's a cancer in the clubhouse i don't know who it is it's somebody different every week but they've got problems someone someone said we got to get in the discord together and chat this out so we're all on the same page they're
1: looking for an alternative communication uh, (laughs) yeah
3: it sounds like lord of the flies like who's got the (laughs) who's got the conch (laughs) it's amazing
1: uh real quick gentlemen we are headed to texas kp we're headed your your direction Uh, Byron Nelson and because of the scheduling because of the proximity uh, great little field seven of the top 15 players in the world A little bit of a appetizer leading into the PGA Championship
3: the following week. Yeah, I'm pumped about the next two weeks. It's the first time that Scheffler and Spieth will be playing in individual events since their last wins. So since Scotty won the Masters, he played Zurich, uh, obviously, but then Spieth since he won the RBC Heritage. So it'll be a fun couple of weeks for those guys. JT's playing. I don't remember him ever playing the the Byron Nelson before, at least not in the last few years. And then DJ and Brooks. Uh, Brooks played it, I believe, in 2019 before he won at Bethpage. I think he finished T4 that year. Uh, it might have been solo fourth. Trinity Forest. So yeah, it might have been solo fourth. But... Yeah. Next few weeks are going to be great. I'm driving up to the PGA shortly after the Byron Nelson and I'm pumped. It's a fun time of year. These, these next two tournaments will be fantastic.
1: TPC, Craig ranch, Greg, we've got uh, one year worth of data and they uh, scorched it 25 under par was the winning score broke the tournament scoring record. I'm not sure what type of defenses they can put up or if we're expecting to see the same this time around.
2: Yeah, uh TPC League getting a big win last time. Sam Burns <laughs> was in the mix, uh, which was he I mean, he played great and should be another factor. So we'll see. I, I expect some low scores again. Um th- this is a, a good time of year for it, seemingly in, in Texas. It seems like this tournament has been wherever it's held, they they torch it. Um so it'll be fun, very different field than this week. And it'll be a different field than Southern Hills the week after. But uh, it'll be great to see these guys trying to uh, get the get the engines going heading into PGA. Hell of
1: a show, gents. Enjoyed it. Enjoy the weekend. Any final thoughts before we get out of here and turn the page? Because we've got Monday DFS Preview, Tuesday Mega Preview Pod, round-by-round round recaps after each and every round next week. Anything before we go?
2: go Ooh, do we have or... an NBA show?
1: Yeah, we're gonna just we're just gonna uh start a new live we're just gonna go live for the Sixers game here in 15 minutes. <laughs> That's great. What game is it? Game four? Game three? Game four. What's this count? Miami two, two one? Two one, but it's uh, 1-0 Sixers in games that Joel Embiid <laughs> plays, which feels important. Is he gonna be the MVP? No, Jokic is gonna be the MVP and it's a scam. Total
0: scam. Oh.
3: It feels like we got another 30 minutes going, right? Here.
1: <laughs> no, but I will leave you with this. Joel Embiid started playing basketball like seven years ago. That's insane, right? It's just that's, like.
3: That's crazy. I watched. I've, I haven't. i have I mean, again, like just my time for other sports is low, but I have watched some of the Grizzlies um, Warriors. Ja Morant is a freak. He is unbelievable. He's Awesome. He's so, so He's so fun, too. Like, I just want to watch him play basketball. I just want to watch him jump.
1: Every time <laughs> he jumps, I never know
3: when he's going to land.
2: He's awesome. Nick. All I can say, Nick's fans were pissed they didn't get him. You want to talk about NBA Sports yeah, Radio? Sports Talk
1: Radio for yeah. Knicks. That draft? Is probably oh, great.
2: oh, my gosh.
1: <laughs> I'm going to VPN into New York Sports Talk radio Yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right, gentlemen, absolute blast. Um, Producer Jacob does all the hard work behind the scenes. Thank you very much. You can find Greg Ducharme on Twitter at The Real GFD. You can find Kyle Porter at Kyle Porter CBS. And you can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been The First Cut, and we'll catch you next time.